Hello, and welcome to Queer Stories, the podcast where two self-proclaimed gay icons discuss paranormal and true crime mysteries. I'm just putting some Vaseline on. That is valid. I got um, I got new DMs. Uh, I got the Sanrio ones because my boyfriend graciously bought them for me. Oh. And if you rub Vaseline on the inside of them, it helps loosen up the leather. So. Oh. Yeah. That's so that's what I'll be doing tonight, slathering up my boots. Slather your boots along at home. <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, um, as a note to everyone, we're doing two paranormal cases today. Uh, yes. We did say it in the beginning of the previous episode, but it is currently Monday the 15th. Uh, police were out fucking grabbing and arresting women two fucking nights ago, so we're like... Mm. I stay off the true crime. Don't, not in the mood yeah. for that. No, doesn't feel right. Mm. I we were like I was questioning uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, whether to post it or not. But we went ahead and did it. So right. Yeah. Uh, you are going first today, Charlie. Yes, I am. What have you got for us? So, I decided I wanted to do another cryptid. So I was looking, I was on the cryptid wiki, fucking hacking into the mainframe, deciding what to do. Um, And I I saw a story, um, well, I've heard the story before of this one, so I thought, do you know what, I'll give it a go. Um, And... This cryptid, I guess it's cryptid, I don't know. Um, it's called a Yowie. Um, oh! Yeah! It's Australian Bigfoot. A Yowie? Yeah. A Yowie? <laughs> Yowie. Uh, Y-O-W-I-E, not like Yowie as in like okay, okay. big. Okay, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> ja- yeah. Japanese gay porn. <laughs> gay men porn uh yuri is the lesbian porn. true yeah 
Um, yeah, so Yowie is uh, one of multiple names for an Australian folklore creature. Um, this creature is known to live in the Australian outback and has Aboriginal roots. Um, uh, in parts of Queensland, uh, they're known as Quinkin or Jugabina. Um, I wanted to mention those names because they sounded fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jugabina. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's, that's how it looks. So, um, Yowie is often described as an ape-like figure. Uh, it's said to be anywhere between five to nine foot tall. And then I wrote in my brackets, in brackets, uh, was Ed Kemper a Yowie? Because <laughs> he was fucking huge. Hold on. Um, five to nine foot, did you say? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's quite the, the height range. It really is. It goes from being a um, uh, kind of short king to fucking ginormous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I looked around and uh, one place said you looked six around to and nine. Tried to find it. <laughs> I looked around in the outback. Uh, but I looked at, I think, uh, maybe four sources and they said anywhere between nine, uh, six and nine foot. So I just. Uh. Uh, one said five, so I was like, oh, I'll go with that and then go on then. <laughs> um, uh, they're often considered to be the Australian book. book f- <laughs> <laughs> the Australian uh, book. F- <laughs> <laughs> That's spelled uh, B G F T. Love that. They have large feet and their body is covered in hair. Um, Just like the real Bookfoot. Yes. <laughs> Wait, the Yowie is still a real Bigfoot. No, but I mean, I mean the big, the the Bigfoot, 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 the, the, the OG the Bigfoot we know as Bigfoot. Bigfoot. <laughs> um. Some some reports say that the the creature can like be shy or kind of timid. Uh, while other reports say that the Yowie can be aggressive and violent, so... <laughs> so flip a coin and hope <laughs> it don't kill you. Yeah, exactly. Just just pray and hope that it doesn't kill you. Um, I do that with most things. Yeah, me too. Uh, the sightings of this creature can date back to, like, 1900s. Um... <sighs> Sorry, my brain shut down for a second. It's okay. Have you tried turning um, it off and on again? Yes, I just did, and we're back online. Um, so that's kind of the background information that I have, and I I went to have a look on little little old Reddit, little old Reddit, um, little old Reddit, and I have I found this story. It's it's such a long story, but I I only selected like one paragraph of it. Um, and it was uh, it was posted by user Eden Nightchild. That's a, um, fun, that's a fun name. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. It's very um, um, Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven way. Yeah, oh, I love those two. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. Um, so the the part that I took from the story uh, is this. Um, this last story, before I get to my own experience, is, comes from the Aboriginal side of my family and was told to me by my grandmother, whom we call Nana Brown, uh, about about her experiences with an Australian Yowie. Shout out to Nana Brown! 
Yeah, good old pod, Nana, Brown. Nana Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Write in if you're Nana Brown. Please. We'd love to hear from you, Nana. <laughs> Nana um, Brown, write a review now. Give us five stars, <laughs> Nana Brown. Or we'll set the Australian Bigfoot on you. We'll get the Yowie on you and they'll have Yowie hands. Oh my god, the terrifying Yowie hands. <laughs> god, why do they draw them like that, though? And the necks. What's going on? <laughs> Who needs anatomy when you have gay porn? Exactly. As long as you can draw a dick, you're fine. You don't even need to. I think half the time the dicks are censored these days, aren't they? Sorry, what? <laughs> well, Japan has, like, censoring laws, so I don't even think they're allowed to show dicks. Yeah, they have to have, like, the black bar on the foreskin, I think. I was under the impression that these days they didn't... I don't know. No, I, I still feel like they have to blur it out. No, I thought they had to blur out more. I thought rather than just a little bar, I thought they had to, like, just not have mm. it there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know I don't, know I don't study it. No. Shockingly, I don't spend my free time studying <laughs> Yowie. <laughs> I used to a lot. That's um, so valid. But in the animes, you never really see a penis. And that's the problem with anime. Yeah, why are they so afraid to show a penis in mainstream media? <laughs> I think every mainstream, every bit of mainstream media should show at least the hint of a knob. Yeah, I I love to watch, um, what is that show? Uh, Unsolved Mysteries one... and Robert Stack whips his knob out. <laughs> no, the one where you look at the naked women in front of you and you choose which one you want to date. Oh, Naked Attraction. Naked Attraction. What was I... I was thinking of naked experience. or something. I don't know. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> but I love to watch that for some, like... It, it just feels morbid to me. It feels, like, humiliating to those people. So I just have, like, this morbid curiosity. <laughs> You're like, I want to watch people be humiliated. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> We're learning a lot about you today, Charlie. It's not sexual. <laughs> It's you. not sexual. It's purely psychological. When I watch people <laughs> humiliate themselves, I'm not evil. I swear. Where was? Where were we? I genuinely um, don't remember. <laughs> no. <laughs> Something about Yowie, Bigfoot, maybe. I don't know. Uh oh yeah yeah this story um. Uh, uh, it's the only story from my family that I have uh, come across involving a cryptid. When my grandmother was around 15 or 16 years old, she lived in a clearing inside a very remote valley with her family. The house was on the valley floor, which was about a seven-minute walk from the surrounding local bushland. 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 <laughs> One day she was home alone, working in the kitchen, when she looked through the window and noticed a very tall and dark figure coming out of the tree line towards the house. Burger King approved. <laughs> she was in the kitchen. Yeah. Shout out to Burger King for on International Women's Day tweeting the words, women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> Fuck Burger King, honestly. Fuck Burger King for killing that trans woman. They what? With COVID. 
they they forced this trans woman to work while she was uh I think she had COVID or something, and I I think she passed away or something. That is fucking mental. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. Like that's when I stopped eating Burger King, which was really sad because I love Burger King burgers. It's my favorite place to eat, and I don't eat there anymore. I, I don't. I've never been to like that's not true. I've been to Burger King. I haven't been to one in years. They opened one in Chelmsford, but like. Then the, They're not that good. The pandemic hit, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not dying for a burger." Yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to be the second trans woman to die of COVID in a fucking Burger King, apparently. <laughs> Fuck that's you, Burger fucking King. Fucking awful. Yeah, dude. I may be wrong about some details, but it's along those fucking lines. It was. It was tragic. God. Yeah. Um. Friendship ended with Burger King. Now KFC is my bestie. <laughs> I actually don't mind KFC. I'm a, a Mackey's man, pure and true, though, I've got to say. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I just love giving myself a stomachache. I like Wimpy. That's not true. Oh, God, Wimpy is bad. If I'm, I'm feeling like really, really shit about myself, I'll, I'll eat a Wimpy. I don't... Just make myself feel worse. I don't know where to find a Wimpy if I tried. Clacton. Is that what? Clacton is that Clacton? Oh. Yeah, there is. I may or may not live around that area. <laughs> it's so hard to find a wimpy these days. They're few and far between. I know. That I, That's a good thing, to be honest. Oh, they, yeah, there's one in Colchester, isn't there? I like pizza. <laughs> I, like, I like pizza, too. <laughs> I like pizza. <laughs> Give me pizza. P I C C fucking hell! <laughs> what is going on? Um, Audacity tells me we're twelve minutes in, and we're already off the fucking rails, babes. I'm having a good time. I really want a pizza now. I'm not gonna. Do you know what? I've been craving. I think since the beginning of 2021, all I want, <laughs> and I mean all I want, oh is God. a fucking pizza. Like a greasy takeaway pizza, a fucking massive one. Yeah. I don't care for Domino's. I personally really like Pizza Go Go. Uh, and all I want, but we haven't really had much takeout for like, I don't think we had any in February, more or less. But like, even when we do, we're like, oh, we can't be asked to cook, let's have takeout. We'll get like Chinese, or lately we've just been going to the chippy down the road. And mm. I'm like, I want pizza, but I can't... Do you know what? I could. There's nothing stopping me being like, I don't want dinner, I'm going to order myself a pizza, I really want a pizza. Apart from the fact that my mum is the most, like, she'd be so judgmental of it and be like, are you ready eating a whole pizza to yourself? And I'm like, yes. That's so rude. Yes, I am. I am. Yes, I am. What are you going to do? I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> That's so mean. My mum's always, if I'm ordering a pizza, mum's like, oh, can I have some? I have to give her some, which is really annoying. Oh, my mum fucking hates takeaway pizza. <gasps> that's so rude. Yeah. That's why we don't ever get it. Because if it's just, if we were getting takeaway pizza, it'd have to be just me and my daddy want takeaway. And then my mum being like, oh, I'm not hungry. Because otherwise she don't want pizza. Oh. Um, although my dad, doesn't eat cheese because he hates cheese. So <laughs> why does he eat pizza? Well, he'll get a pizza without cheese on. What? Yeah. What's the point? Well, 
I I find myself asking that every time, but <laughs> but he does it, and uh, he's like, no, it's better without cheese. And I'm like, you've never eaten a pizza with cheese because you hate cheese for some ir- <laughs> irrational reason. How can you hate cheese? I love cheese. I've seen him refuse to eat a cheesecake because he f- it's got cheese in the name, even though in- the ingredients don't contain cheese half the time, like from a shop. Store-bought cheesecake. That's mad. I've seen him eat. Is even, he okay? I've seen him eat a cheesecake and be like, "That was lovely. Can I have some more?" Find out that it was cheesecake, and then <laughs> go, "Oh, that was disgusting. How dare you feed me that? I, that was vile." And it's like you asked for seconds. <laughs> is your dad okay? <laughs> no, no, no. My family is okay, Charlie. That's a mood. <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, Bigfoot. Back to the... Yowie. The, uh, uh, Australian foot. Uh, <laughs> Australian Bigfoot, I mean. Australian um, foot. <laughs> Everyone in Australia just has one foot and they have to share it. <laughs> I can't find where I was. Okay. The figure did not appear to be wearing clothes and looked to be covered head to toe in thick brown hair. How the big thing was the was moving... <laughs> It was thick. It wasn't wearing clothes. You've got to... <laughs> if you're going to tell about a humanoid cryptid that's not wearing clothes, then I expect to know how big the cock is. <laughs> Do you think Mothman wears clothes? God, can you imagine a Mothman flies overhead <laughs> and he just like knocks you out with his like 20-inch... <laughs> Massive cock. 20-inch cock. <laughs> Oh. He's, he's he's flying kind of low. He's just leapt from a tree, and his swinging <laughs> pendulous knob just knocks <laughs> knocks you out. How's I that? He, he he would have to wear pants to prevent that from happening. Just to hold it all in, you know. I don't think that they'd make pants strong enough to contain what moth pants got going on. <laughs> Who do you think got bigger meat? Uh, Mothman or Bigfoot? Or the... Bigfoot. What about Bigfoot or the Yowie? Oh, Yowie, because they're Australian. Do Australians have bigger dicks? I don't know. Is that, what we're... I guess. Is that what we're putting out there today on the podcast? Do you know what? Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. Um, leave us a review on iTunes and tell us whether Australians have uh, bigger dicks. Hi, listeners. Thanks for listening to Quiz Trees. <laughs> uh, hop onto iTunes and make sure you leave a review that just tells us how big your cock is. <laughs> and don't lie, because we'll know. We'll know. Uh, the thing was moving very fast and with a broad gate and within a few minutes of leaving the trees was almost at the house. My grandmother started to have a very bad feeling and knew that she needed to hide. The house being only very small and consisting of the kitchen and a bedroom with a dirt floor, it was not easy to find a hiding place, but she was able to fit into a small cupboard. Within seconds of hiding, she heard the door slam open and the thing enter the house. She could hear things being thrown around and rummaged through, low sniffling and growls and a final bang of the door and everything was silent 
She waited until she was sure it had left before coming out of hiding. The kitchen was in ruin, food crushed and scattered everywhere, and the furniture upended and scratched. There was a terrible stench in the air, and there were big footprints in the dirt. Big footprints for the farted. rest of the. <laughs> took a shit in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of the day, she was afraid that it would return, but it never did. But on other occasions, when close to or in the bush, she regularly felt that something was near and listening and watching. Um, and I read, uh, I was looking through the comments of that as well, and I read uh, someone said of an, an experience that they had with a, a yaoi, and then they said that um, uh, these creatures are often really good at mimicking sounds. Um, so if you say something, it, it often repeats it. Um, and I found another story on Reddit oh. um, uh, by user Eric Zan Miami 13 um, called Interesting Australian Bush Paranormal Experience. Um, uh, and I thought this was really interesting. So it starts, I, I put the story on a different thread and was, and was advised to place it on this one. Uh, for context, the time of the incident in question was somewhere between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. The property in question is located north Queensland. About two years ago, my mother and I were driving around my grandfather's property, several hundred acres of Australian bush in Queensland. Um, we stopped at one of the various lakes around the property and had lunch there. As we were walking back to our car, I told a joke, and as my mother burst out into laughter, something somewhere in the bush mimicked her laugh right back at us. Funny my joke, mother and yeah. I. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, what? I bet it was a knock knock joke. Uh, I'm trying to think of a joke that could have been knock knock. Who's there? Yowie. Yowie who? I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't have a punchline. <laughs> I don't do improv. I can't. I'm not. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with it. I got excited. Am I ever going anywhere with anything I say, Charlie? Sometimes you say things. You know damn well I've never like known where a sentence is ending when I start it. <laughs> Any time I've spoken in my entire life, I'm not about to start for a fucking knock knock joke. God damn it! Um, my mother and I look, uh, both looked at each other in bewilderment. Uh, lie, lie birds, I think that's pronounced, uh, a native bird that copies sounds uh, to Australia, um, aren't native to the area nor the state. Um, Perplexed, I called out hello, and I got a deeper-pitched hello back. My mother and I looked at each other again and ran to the car, and as we started it and drove off, in the rear vision mirror, we both saw something moving in the trees, something tall and thin, breaking branches. Needless to say, we haven't been back there since. Knock, knock. Who's there? Yowie. Yowie who? Yowie ha ha, yowie <laughs> yowie boo. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? 
incredible. I, I got that there one. eventually. That was, I mean, yeah. it wasn't a joke. It was just, it was just noises, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it went somewhere. A joke can just be a reference to a song and <laughs> a poor rendition of it. <laughs> Who's to say? I'm querying the knock-knock joke experience. Incredible. I'm an artiste. <laughs> um, that's all I have on the yaoi. Ah. Uh, but I always love a good Bigfoot story. I like a Bigfoot. I like a big yaoi. Uh, we love the uh, big cocks, and we love a big knock knock joke. So that was good. That was good. <laughs> I liked that. I'm glad you liked it. And it's always nice to. It's interesting when different cultures have similar cryptids as well. Yeah. Like you know. It makes you think, like maybe these things actually do exist. Like maybe, yeah. What I is? Don't know, it's just. What's the origin of Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot just a modern myth, or has it got origins in like Native American folklore? Um, I'm not entirely sure. To I, be honest, with I you. hear about a cryptid that's got a name like Sasquatch in the in Northern America. You know, North America. I'm like, I, yeah. I wonder if or not that's. I don't know the history of Bigfoot. Hmm. Well, maybe I should do a Bigfoot episode. Maybe, but um, it's interesting, you know, because this is um, Native Australians, you know, ab- Aboriginals. It, uh, mm. It's interesting to see. Yeah, have you uh, have you ever heard of a skunk ape? I've not. It's basically a really, really stinky Bigfoot, like really stinky, yeah. and they come from Florida, I think. Oh well, it would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast said, fuck you, Florida. I mean, if there's going to be, like, a really stinky cryptid, <laughs> and you had to say, where does it come from? I would have, like, top three guesses. Uh, one of them would be Florida. Yeah. No, I can... my or o- Detroit. My other two guesses would be, like, well, I'd say, like, Florida... Um, France, um, <laughs> or the uh, changing rooms of a UK secondary school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. I think I have irreparable lung damage from inhaling so much Lynx Africa. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Lynx Africa for me, it was Impulse. Of course, of course. Yeah, everyone used that. It was horrible. So much, just so much links, just spraying about. Yeah, I, I didn't bo- even bother bringing all these sprays and shit in because I'll be <laughs> damned if I ever did enough, you know, physical activity in PE to have worked <laughs> up a sweat. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. And all these people coming in from PE getting changed back into their school uniform, and I'm like, "You don't need deodorant. What if you? How hard have you been working?" <laughs> well, some people are just really still. sweaty. Some people are just sweaty. Oh, I am very, very sweaty. Um, Me too. But I, but I, I just I'm... did not do anything in PE lessons. I was very good at getting away <laughs> with not doing anything. I think I, I, I think a lot of people were. 
PE teachers just kind of get tired of it after a while, don't they? Yeah. They know when they're teaching the bottom set, which of course I was always in. Um, yeah, me too. They they know. They're like, I'm not going to get many of you to do anything. Uh, <laughs> so they'd be like, right, we're doing PE. And I'd be like, I know. I'll go in goal. And I just stood there and let all the balls <laughs> go in. And there were people would be like, why aren't you defending the goal? And I'm like, I never said I would do that. I said I would go in goal. Because that, in the goal. that involves me standing still the most. <laughs> and if you think I'm going to break my strict regimen of staying still, like, you've got another thing coming. Understandable. What was your favourite sport in PE? Well, we had trampolines. We did, uh, but I yes. never got on them. I love trampolining. I actually, I had a really traumatic experience with trampolining. Twenties. And I think it's the, I think it's the reason for my chronic pain now. Oh God! So, wig. Mine didn't result in any chronic pain; just being shouted at by a really horrible lady. <gasps> That's so rude. We like accidentally flipped a fucking trampoline upside down when we set it up. <gasps> How did you manage that? Right. We fully, we followed the steps that we were taught by our teacher, but she told us how to set the trampolines wrong. And she was even watching and supervising when this trampoline flipped over upside down. And uh, she went and got the head of PE, because she was like, shit, I don't know what to do. I need to try and get this trampoline back up the right way and set it up, because they're fucking heavy. Um, and this teacher come out, and she started proper, proper giving all of us a bollocking like it was our fault. And we were just stood there looking at her like, bitch, there was an adult fucking... <laughs> it's not like we were left to our own devices and were fucking idiots. I know we're the bottom set, but we're not mongs. <laughs> like, we're not fucking idiots. We're just lazy. We're just here because we can't be arsed. We know how to set up a trampoline. It... But we did it how we were taught. But taught, yeah. I remember her going, like, we were all stood in a line at like along the hall and her like walking up and down and being like oh you're God. all pathetic you're feeble <gasps> that's what you are and she was like tell me you're feeble or something uh, like <gasps> this this woman had so many problems i hope she's dead now she was really old um oh my god she was like you're all so she used to brag about insulting the people who are bad at pa why i had her what a PE fucking once, bitch. and we had like more mixed skill classes for all time um, and I remember her coming onto like because there were two astroturf pitches. She came onto the football pitch where I was once and yelled at someone like, "How did you miss that? You should have gone to Specsavers." And I was stood by the <laughs> fence and I heard her saying to one of the like sporty kids, and she was like, "Did you just hear what I said?" I said, huh, "Should have gone to Specsavers because they're rubbish or whatever." And I'm like, "Are you literally bragging to like a thirteen-year-old that you like?" owned another 13 year old because that's really pathetic because i know you're like in your 60s <laughs> you're in I your i don't even 60s. know what to say to that but yeah no she went mental and she was like you're all feeble you're pathetic how how could you do this who's responsible for this like pointing at the trampoline and we're all thinking well it was our teacher behind us but our teacher was just as shit scared as the head of PE as we were and you could see the look of fear in her eyes as she looked over all of us and sort of shook her head like mate 
you're just going to get yelled um, at a bit. My job will be on the line. Like, giving us the eye, like, please, please oh, don't drop me in it. And we were all like, yeah, all right, yeah, it was we'll us. Which I'm surprised by, because everyone fucking hated that teacher as well. Very unfairly. Oh, no. Why? Well, no. She, she hated all the lads. Oh, that's fair. But she didn't, they are annoying. But she didn't hate me, because I'm not a lad. <laughs> she she was like she used to let the girls stand around and chat with her all lesson um, and all the blokes she used to like be a bit strict on <laughs> maybe she was a lesbian no because she had a boyfriend oh, she wasn't gutted. that bad though like she was alright I think it was just that she, I think she was like northern or Scottish she had a bit of an accent which immediately when you're a teacher in Essex means that you're going to get picked on yeah, that's fair. We're meant to be talking about uh, paranormal mysteries, but I'm talking about PA. Oh, I'm still having a good time. I it's know, fine. I know. This is the this is quiz trees. This is the podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> the backdrop is very much true crime and paranormal mysteries. But we're very <laughs> much here for the anecdotes. I don't know about you. I am. <laughs> to be honest, me too. I- I'm just here for a good time, honestly. Me too. I'm also like I've nearly finished my gin, so like. Oh. Little drinky poo. And I put a lot, uh, uh, a lot of gin in <laughs> for a Monday. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a Monday. Just another manic Monday. Little there bit of the bangles there for you on your Monday evening. It's going to be Sunday when this is released, but it is. It is. Enjoy it anyway. I'm... I always feel so professional when we like pre-record. That sounds so stupid. <laughs> I, I think I love the audacity. I love the cheek of daring to even allude to us being professional after we've just spent like a good 10, 20 minutes talking about PE lessons instead of what we're meant to be doing. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh my god. Just scream laughing for half of it as well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> My fucking audacity compressor is going to be working overtime on this one. <laughs> oh, I'm so God. sorry. Love it, though. Love it. Um, should I actually start my case, shall I? Yeah, please. I'd love uh, to hear what you've got. I'm reading a Reddit post. So I, I was going to do something else, and I changed it literally last minute to this, so I didn't mm-hmm. have time to research, so I'm just reading a Reddit post about it. But this was actually a... Um, uh, listener request. Um, shout out to Stephen, uh, aka Ruinous. Follow him on Twitch underscore. Uh, no, his username on Twitch is Ruinous underscore underscore. Uh, friend of the pot. Um, but he requested Ooh. that we covered the um, over Overton Bridge, Overtown Bridge, Overton Bridge. <laughs> I don't know how one of them. it's over T O U N, so I don't know whether that would be Toon <clears throat> Town, you know? Oh, that yeah. To be fair, I don't know either. Yeah, no. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's in Scotland, so maybe it's meant to be said with a Scottish accent. But after the last time, uh. I, I butchered one and got fucking roasted <laughs> for it. I ain't gonna do it again. Um, but this is uh, also known as the Dog Suicide Bridge of Scotland. Oh God! What the fuck? Yeah. 
Why would you request this? I think it's near where he lives. <laughs> I think it's around the corner from where he lives. Oh, I'm so Which is sad. why he was like, oh, you should cover this. This is near me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the dogs die. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> I, it, it's called the dog suicide bridge. Oh, no! So, yes, dogs die. Like, I do hate to break it to you, but the, the, the multiple dogs commit suicide. No! Oh, what are their names? I don't know their names. Oh, Which I so... think we should, but the, source, need to know the sources don't names. have. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking die. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. God, there's going to be some like animal cruelty controversy before this episode comes out. I'm going to have to like cancel it and do it on the floor and else. <laughs> oh. We love animals here at Quistries. We do. We do. Now, the Overton Bridge, the dog suicide bridge of Scotland. <laughs> it has long been proved. Oh, this uh, Reddit post comes from. Reddit user Fortified Blonde. Ooh. Love that name. Mm. Now, it has long been proven that dogs, in fact, jump in large numbers off the Overton Bridge. Why? Now, the Overton Bridge was built by H.E. Milner in West Dunbartonshire, Scotland. I don't know why I said Shire, like I'm American. Shire. West Dunbartonshire, <laughs> Scotland. It was comp- West Dunbartonshire, <laughs> Scotland. It was completed in 1895. Oh, God. Since the 1950s and 60s, roughly 50 dogs have died leaving from the bridge, falling 50 feet 50. into the rocks of the waterfall below. Beyond no! those 50, an estimated 600 have jumped off the bridge and survived. <gasps> survived. He, he's, they still jumped off. Oh my god! Some, <laughs> no, it says in brackets some of the survivors have jumped more than once. Fuck it up! Stop, lads! Stop! No, that's so sad. <laughs> All of these reported <laughs> incidents include long-nosed dogs that jump during clear weather from the same place on the bridge. No. There have been several theories around why this may have happened. The most prevalent one is that it's a scent issue caused by a nearby animal. Uh, they mm. tested different animal scents. The majority of the dogs responded to the smell of mink, which was introduced mm. into the country in the 1950s, around when the jumps began. That said, there seems to be some debate on if A, how prevalent minks are in that specific region and B, why of all the many places that mink may live in Scotland, why would the dogs be going so nuts in one very specific place? Two other theories around why this may happen include the nuances of colour perception and distance perception with dogs and <laughs> slash or the possibility of some high-pitched sound emitting in a way that dogs hear it but humans cannot. There is no definitive proof of either of these theories. A canine psychologist, Dr. David Sands, visited the bridge 
and seemed to discard these two specific theories. There is also no shortage of people who want to blame the supernatural, ghosts, fairies, and a variety Mm. of other fantastical elements, but of course there's no evidence for that either. Uh, While it is widely agreed that animals cannot decide to end their own lives, there has been a strange example of animals seeming to be intent on causing their own death in the past, including a herd of cows that broke free and ran directly towards and off of a Swiss cliff in 2017. <laughs> no! Over three days in 2009, also in Switzerland, many cows jumped oh. to their gl- deaths from a cliff. What are they doing to the cows in, in Switzerland? Um, Stop! With the cow. They've linked an example of whales beaching themselves en masse, and a more recent one of that as well. Yeah. While there may not be a conscious decision to try and die, there is a historical precedent <laughs> for unexplained commonalities between death slash compulsions of multiple animals. Uh, and then they're just like asking a bunch of rhetorical questions, like, what do you think? But I ain't going to fucking read all that. <laughs> now, yeah, some people feel it's a bit of a haunted, spooky location. Some people... Um, Stephen, who sent this in, also said, um, I believe that Overton House, Overtown House, whatever the fuck that place is called, house, or whatever, <laughs> like there's a manor house or something nearby that may or may not be haunted as well. Um, uh-huh. I'm sure I tried to look into that and couldn't find anything on it, but that's what he said. Uh, hmm. But it seems that there's like some paranormal history to the area, so perhaps it could be that. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, some ghost that really fucking hates dogs. <laughs> that's so mean. Um, there are some comments on this uh, post. User Ravin Dragund says, this is the one I wanted to read. Is that what he says? No, he didn't. Uh, They said, oh, I thought this was explained by an optical illusion. Though the ground is actually flat on the other side... uh, On the other side of the edge of the bridge, especially from the viewpoint of a dog. So the dog just thinks it can hop the wall and land on flat ground, but actually falls off the bridge. That hasn't been proven. Um, And further down, someone else also says... uh, Iowanaquarist. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I put way too much gin in this uh, gin and tonic, so I'm I'm far too far down it to care about pronouncing <laughs> usernames at this point. But they, <laughs> Skeptoid, who I believe is another podcast, uh, did a deep dive on this, uh, and mm. it seems that they they believe that dogs think it was safe to drunk because uh, jump because the trees and the shrubs stand higher than the walls of the bridge and for the dog there's no reason to suspect that the wall is anything that couldn't or shouldn't be jumped onto in pursuit of whatever compelling oh. adventure calls so it it seems like it's possible that from a dog's perspective it doesn't look like they're on a bridge they don't look and see that they're high up there's some kind of optical illusion Especially at the height of a dog, the way they see through their eyes, it may look like it's a safe jump. But we don't know. It is unexplained. Uh, and that un- 
And even so, I'm sure there are many bridges in the company where shrubs and everything else make it look like it's probably safe from a dog's height, you wouldn't tell that you were on a bridge and you could think that it's safe to jump over the other side. But, you know, there isn't a massive history of fucking dogs dying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm sure that's not the only bridge in the entire world where from a dog's height it may look like it's not from a, as big of a height as it is and over a waterfall. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think... Perhaps there's probably a scientific answer, but who's to say? We don't really know. We don't really know what's causing it, whether it's... Maybe a long time ago, a dog ran off that cliff and died, and it's the ghost of that dog possessing all of these other dogs to do it. I don't know. Maybe That's so. just a game theory. I said I was doing paranormal. I don't know what this counts. Because it's not paranormal. It's not... It's still a mystery. It's still a mystery, but it's sort of... I was looking on the Unresolved Mystery subreddit for things under unexplained phenomena, and then I remember this case, and this specifically falls under that, so I was like, well, you know mm. that. I'm going to pick that, which is sort of... Well, I literally I literally did Ed Camper like a few episodes ago. It's You can do what the fuck you want. That was it's okay. That, that was for the episode <laughs> when we swapped True Crime and Paranormal, my love. Well, yeah, but it's still not like an unsolved thing, though, is it? That's true. That Ed Kemper is very much solved because we know his name yeah. and all about his life. Exactly. So at this point, who gives a shit? Just do what you like. That's true. That's true. It's our podcast, not yours. Yeah. Exactly. Mwah. Mwah, darling. But yeah, that's uh, that's the rather depressing case of the uh, unexplained I... phenomena of uh, the Scott. Of Scotland's dog suicide bridge, I'm gonna have a nightmare tonight, and it's gonna it's gonna it be this. It seems that uh, that is not that common these days, and also people know because it has a reputation of being a fucking dog suicide bridge, <laughs> not to take their dogs over the dog suicide bridge, or if they do, keep it on a fucking lead. You know, so it's not that. It, I don't think it's happened in recent years. I think that this bridge is... Uh... Those poor Papa Roonies. Indeed, indeed. Oh. I want to I wanna know which dog's jumped more than once. <laughs> Some survivors have jumped more than once. I want to know which one was like, well, this worked so well the first time, I'm going to go back up and go again. Maybe they think there's a slide there. Maybe they think they're at a ball pit and there's a slide. Maybe. Oh, that makes me so sad. Sorry. <laughs> I, oh. In hindsight, I don't know why I thought, oh, let's do a case about <laughs> dogs dying. <laughs> that won't be depressing. Oh, no. It's because I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm not, you know what, I'm not taking the blame. I'm blaming Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, you did this. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, you suggested this. You're personally at fault. Stephen, um, I don't know you, but I know I don't like you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a joke. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Fuck the listeners. Fuck all of you. Get in the bin. This is just for us. This is just a catch up. You're just here. 
You're not part of this. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You're I didn't not our mean friends. that. I promise. <laughs> I'm normally very on board with content creators reminding their fans that we're not your friends, but we are at a point where we have so few listeners that I yeah. I think everyone who listens is our friends. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 I was prince. joking. I promise. I didn't mean that, Stephen. I bet you're a cool, cool person. Even though you suggested Maybe. the dog suicide bridge. Yeah, I mean, oh God, don't remind me of this. <laughs> dog suicide is so sad. Hey, but all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All dogs go to heaven. 1989. I never watched that film because I just get I get sad when I see uh, that dogs are dead. It's Don Bluth. Who that? Uh, the animator bloke, yeah, the director, <laughs> Don Bluth. Don Bluth made it. You can keep saying his name, but it won't. Ooh! Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we're putting this podcast on hold because... Oh, Don Bluth, uh, by the way, uh, was responsible for The Secret of Nim, uh, an American tale, The Land Before Time. (gasps) Oh, okay. And uh, Anastasia. Oh, I loved Anastasia. And I've never heard of that one, but apparently Titan A.E. Um, but yeah, he's he's sort of known for like during the days of like the Disney Renaissance or whatever. His films are like their major <laughs> competitors. But I was just on his Wikipedia page, uh, and apparently Mitt Romney is his half cousin. <gasps> oh God! Oh. Cancelled. I mean, well, I mean, I'm not going to cancel someone because, of, you know, having a half brother who's Mitt Romney, like half <laughs> I'm co- half him. cousin. What even is a half? How do you have a half cousin? <clears throat> What's a half cousin? It's where you take a cousin and cut it in half. Oh well, my aunt may have given birth to like what? <laughs> What's... I don't. I don't know how a half cousin works. I don't know. Is it like? I don't know. I'm drunk. I'm I'm not with it enough to know what a half cut. I can't process that. That was the first burp of the episode. Oh, we're doing well. Forty nine minutes in. We are doing Amazing. well. Amazing. Gastrointestinal distress. We don't know her. <laughs> Actually, I do. I know her very well. You do know her very well, and that's okay. I love <laughs> I you. <laughs> I had to pause recording this episode because I had to poop, guys. Yeah, really we sorry. were about to start recording and Charlie was like, yeah. I've got to poop. I've necked a gin <laughs> and you know what? I'm about to piss. I'm literally sat here about to piss myself <laughs> to the point that I don't know whether I can wrap. You know, no. You know, no. I've got, wrap Charlie, I've, I've got to go piss myself because like, I ain't going oh to make it. I'm going to make it for the intro. Run, I drew go. attention to it and now it's, and now it's worse. Yeah, so I'll be yeah, right back. Go my pee. Life. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, has she gone? I think she's gone. I did this a couple episodes ago, so it's it's fine. I know how it feels to really need a piss, and then um, 
and then you have to you you just have to go. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what to do now. I don't know whether I'll keep this in or not. But probably keep some of it in. You know, fifty minutes in. Um, I wonder when Alice will be back. I should probably write down the timestamp so that I know when I'm editing. I don't have any paper. I have so many fucking sketchbooks and pencils. But I don't have any of them near me. Where the fuck is my notepad? I just... Oh, there it is. It's Never used this pen before, so I have to take the little nipple off. Oh, God, I've got a bogey. There we go. Oh, fuck. I forgot I had to look at the timestamp. Oh, it was like around 50. 50 something. 50 minutes in. Yep. What episode is this? This is 14. I think so. Wow, my handwriting is really bad sometimes. Do you ever just pick up a pen and look at it and then put it back down because you forgot how to use it? Ow! Oh fuck, I just stabbed myself with the pen. Okay. I wonder when Alice is going to be back, you know? I wonder how long it takes her to piss. That long. Aww, hello! Do you know what I miss? What? Colchester Zoo. Why? Because I like Colchester Zoo. Oh, okay. I can't relate, I'm sorry. Do you not like Colchester Zoo? Not really, no. Oh, why not? I don't know, it's just boring. Oh, oh. Oh. Well, after I went to the zoo in Amsterdam, it was just kind of... Meh. I don't really want to go back to Colchester Zoo, you know. No, I don't know. I like Colchester. I like Colchester Zoo, Charlie. Well, I don't. I'm not judging you for liking it. I don't. I don't know what made me think of that, but zoos are fun sometimes. I was, after recording this episode, going to go uh, watch an episode of Classic Doctor Who for my other podcast, uh, Five Rounds Rapid. Check it out, listeners. Um, but you know what? I'm too drunk. I'm well, I'm not drunk. I'm mostly tipsy. But like, <laughs> it'll, it'll, oh, I can't. No, it's time for bed. I think. It's not time for me to watch classic Doctor Who at the very least. Like, I ain't doing... I ain't gonna... No, 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 no. no. Too much right now. No. I would recommend that if you're listening to this podcast and you've ever thought about um, watching classic Doctor Who, I'd say don't. (laughs) It's not good. It's bad. Um, But do listen to Five Rounds Rapid because we'll basically tell you what what happens uh, and we're funny... So like it's 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 like if classic Doctor Who was was entertaining. Yeah, we love to see oh. it. Excuse me. I think so.
otherwise I'll start going on about Colchester fucking zoo again. <coughs> oh goodness, you've saved them all up for the end. Got, <laughs> you, the thing is, we have to hit our burp quota for the episode, otherwise yeah. the authorities whoosh, we're gone, we're dead. Yep, they come, we're dead. They'd come, Damn. they'd take us out back, they'd fucking kill us. <laughs> and then you would have to solve the queer history of our deaths. Listeners. <laughs> And that is how the podcast will eventually end, uh, with an ARG of you lot solving our deaths after we didn't <gasps> hit the burp quota. Oh my god. That would be incredible. I mean, it would be incredible, but it would result in both of our deaths, so I don't know how much I'm on board with it, Charlie. Yeah, but it's an ARG, it's not real. <laughs> it's an ARG, but we do die. <laughs> that part's real. Fuck! <laughs> okay, I'm still on board, I'm all for that. No. <laughs> Why not? Not allowed. Dang it. You've got to hit your burp quote, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what an episode. Ooh, what an episode, eh? Thank you so much for listening to Core Histories. If you enjoyed this episode, please, <laughs> please, honestly, actually go and tell a friend. Go and. Open up your WhatsApp, your Facebook messengers, your iMessage, your Discord. Right now, hit up a friend who you think would like this podcast and tell them about it. It would really help us out. Um, and please, please consider leaving us a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, or anywhere. But I don't know where else there is. Uh, <laughs> iTunes would certainly help. Um, our theme music was composed by Emily Glass, who you can find on Twitter at, at EmilyXGlass. Uh, to get all the latest updates about our show, you can follow us on Twitter. Our username is at Queerstries. If you want to follow us individually, I'm at Slimelia on Twitter. That's S-L-I-M-E-L-I-A. Uh, Charlie... Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SilvertonRST1. Uh, that's where I'm most active. And check out his store. He's churning out absolutely fucking gorgeous paintings at the moment. Like I'm in love. I just with finished. Them. I just finished the Cat Rainbow one. Did you? Oh, yeah. It's, honestly, it's gorgeous. I love it. I don't even want to sell it, but I need to go follow Charlie. Listener. <laughs> I can understand not not wanting to follow me because I tweet about Boss Baby every day. <laughs> but Charlie, no, like, I love your tweets. Charlie makes nice art and shit, so go check him <laughs> out. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye bye now. <laughs> See pimp. you later. Goodbye. Zoom. Goodbye. Goodbye. What happened? <laughs> we hope you have there. Wonderful day. You're watching the BBC. You're not. They'd never take no. us. Bye! They were watching anything. <laughs> Due to new information coming to light, we are no longer associated with Five Rounds Rapid. Thank you.
questries. 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 Yes. Sure. Why not? That's the energy I'm starting the episode with. Oh, give a shit. Yeah. Let's go. Let's bring it. Hi, queer heads. Nope. Nope. I was. I was thinking of like a fun nickname to call listeners of Queerstreets. I can't call you Queerheads. That's not. Nope. But hi, welcome to the podcast. It's just me. It's just me. It's a mini soaked. Charlie isn't here. He is uh, washing his cat. Uh, that's not true. Well, that might be true. I don't actually know. Um what he's doing he could be washing a cat um it's not a place to judge um takes all colors to make a rainbow is that a saying i don't know it's quite a gay saying i might have just made it up um question who built the loretto staircase huh that's the case today i'm not just i'm not just going in on you that is the case uh, we're going to be learning about the Loretto Staircase together, because I've not read this beforehand. Um, because I can't read. So this will go well. This is a Reddit post that I'm reading, because I no longer put in the effort in fucking main episodes. I'm not going to like do loads of research for fucking mini babes that I'm getting out late. Just be thankful for an episode. God, I'm so lovely and polite to the listeners. Hope you're all having fun. Here's some background. In downtown Santa Fe, New Mexico, not far from the centre, stands a little chapel known now as the Loreto Chapel. It is a charming example of French neo-Gothic architecture and was built in the late 1870s to the design of Antoine Mouly. Oh, ooh. Antoine Mouly, I've not said that right. I know I've not said that right. For the Sisters of Loretto, an order of nuns who operated the chapel for the next 90 years. The structure was later sold, deconsecrated, and now operates largely as a museum and tourist attraction. And as it has been most famous for the so-called miraculous staircase to the choir loft, Really struggling with reading today. Who watched Drag Race? UK, season three. Crystal one. Spoiler alert. I can't say spoiler alert after the spoiler. Although it has been um, one, two, three, four days uh, since that episode aired. So like... If you've, if you've managed to make it till now without spoilers, well done, honestly. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Just We're just having a... Ca- you and me, me, the listeners, we never just talk. We never just catch up. I mean, we can't because this is a one-way medium. But, I mean, I'm more than happy for you to form a parasocial relationship with me if it means that you'll share the podcast more with your friends. <laughs> the legend... That's the subheading of this post. The legend. As the story is now most frequently told, the original construction crew 
failed to build proper access to the choir loft. The chapel is relatively small, so when an ordinary staircase was proposed as a solution, the nuns objected that it would take up too much space and would spoil the appearance of the interior. But then, what to do? Nuns being nuns, they resorted to a bit of prayer, offering a novena to St. Jovis. St. Jovis? St. Joseph. And St. Jovis that I've just made up. I love that. Offering a novena to St. Joseph for the next nine days, that some solution might present itself. On the ninth day, according to the story, a bearded stranger arrived on donkey back, carrying a few tools and offered to construct a staircase, requesting only that he be provided with a few tubs of water for soaking wood, and that he was not observed while working. The story is unclear how long the work actually took, but after the fact, it is undeniable that the stranger had built a freestanding helix ascending from the ground to the choir loft, using far less floor space than an ordinary straight staircase. Furthermore, the mysterious carpenter then absconded without even asking to be paid and was never identified. The staircase was built without nails, only wooden peg fasteners, a fact claimed to be noteworthy. It was said that architects and engineers were baffled by the design and could not understand how it remained standing. Obviously a miracle, eh? It was even hinted that the mysterious visitor was none other than Saint Joseph himself. I wouldn't go that far. The Staircase the object in question is a freestanding, two-turn, open helix of 33 steps, ascending about 20 feet. It is constructed of wood. Wood? No, it's not. It's constructed of wood. Because I don't think wit is a word. I think I've made that up. But it's constructed of wood, which analysis has confirmed to be spruce. But not any species local to the Santa Fe area. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Although the bloke arrived on a on donkey backs, so he may have brought it from elsewhere, but then how would he have known? Originally, it had no handrail, as seen in this reconstruction, which I can't show you because this is an audio medium. And also, I've just clicked on it to have a look at it, just for myself, right? And it's opened Flickr, and first I have to fucking agree to the cookies, and now I'm here, and it says adult content, you must be signed in to see this content. And I don't believe it is adult content, because it's a picture of the staircase. Unless the staircase has titties. Which, like, I'd love if it did, but I don't think it does. I'm going to sign in now. You're watching, you're experiencing this as it happens, because I can bet any money I won't be editing this audio. Oh, I don't think I have a Flickr account, so this is going to go well. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Do you know what? I'm not going to witness it then, because I refuse to sign up Flickr. Originally, it had no handrail, as seen in this reconstruction. The appearance was quite striking. Later, as a practical matter, a handrail was added by later workers resulting in the staircase's present appearance. The railing may have been necessary, but it did rather spoil the visual effect. Uh, oh, this... 
Uh, I can view its present appearance without needing a fucking Flickr account to view the sultry, sexy little uh, little titillating staircase. Oh, God! Oh, it's it's quite it's very nice. It's a nice staircase. I know that sounds ridiculous because it's just a staircase. It's a lovely. The wood is lovely, varnished, lovely, 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 lovely. I'm not a carpenter. And you can see that the railings sort of clearly were sort of added on. And that that would have been quite impressive freestanding, but obviously I can also see that people would fall. And no one needs a nun falling and dying, do they? Nobody, nobody needs that. But you know what people do need? The known facts, which is our next subheading. A lot of claims about the staircase's construction and engineering in the above story do not withstand scrutiny. First, although open helical staircases without external support are uncommon, they are not impossible, nor even non-existent elsewhere. A prominent example includes the Garvan Institute staircase in Australia, for instance, and the physics of such staircases has been explicitly analysed. Uh, yeah. That's another example there. Now I look at it, and it's just like a freestanding spiral staircase. I feel like that's something I've probably seen. I don't actually know. That's such a random thing to just throw out there. Like, I reckon I've seen one of those. Like, couldn't tell you where. Couldn't tell you where. The lack of nails and the peg and hole carpentry technique can be explained by perhaps a shortage of nails in the area at the time. Love that. There's no nails. Uh, because nails, there were no nails. There just weren't nails. Uh, or perhaps. There was a desire to avoid long-term problems caused by metal uh, undergoing chemical reactions in contact with the wood. A known problem in some cases. I can see that. Also, nails can rust and stuff in a way like... And it's just nicer. If you're building yourself a open uh, spiral staircase without supports, you clearly have some admiration of your craft and I would say that a carpenter of that caliber probably enjoys doing like a using like wooden pegs I don't quite know what it means by wood peg and hole carpentry what is that is that like dovetail joints because I think all carpenters love a dovetail joint oh no no like wooden pegs that slot together. Not a dovetail joint. I'm chatting shit. Almost like slots together like a jigsaw puzzle. See, that seems unstable to me. Although, no. It does seem that it's used in like tables and things quite effectively. So, alright, I'll let you off. But yeah, peg and hole carpentry technique can be explained by a shortage of nails or because of reactions with 
uh, metal to the wood, which apparently can happen. The identity of the wood is curious. I love that. Identity of the wood. Oh, that makes it sound like the wood is transgender. Can you imagine? Oh, I've got a bit of transgender elm in my garden. Like, hello. Oh, love that. Just making a transgender dress there out of my, uh, out of this lovely birch. This lovely bit of poplar. Have you seen, who's seen that video of, um, Ben Shapiro? Like, he was like, I'm going to go support Home Depot because I don't know why. I think, like, the owners or something did something vaguely right-wing or the right-wing else are like, we need to suck off Home Depot now. So Ben Shapiro filmed like a video of himself in like the car park of uh, Home Depot, clutching a single plank, a single plank of balsa wood. Um, no, sorry, not balsa, poplar. Um, and he, <laughs> he got it in like a pathetic little plastic carrier bag. And it's like, it doesn't fit in the carrier bag, and he's holding it like it's the carrier bag's awkwardly flapping around it, and he's standing so fruity, like clutching this bit of wood, going like, "I got this magnificent piece of poplar from Home Depot." It's so funny. It's so funny that that man has never done any kind of physical labor, like a single day in his life. He he doesn't know what to do with that bit of wood. He's gonna go home and chuck it in the bin, and then he's gonna be like, "Ow, I got a splinter." Also, his, you can, like, this is a bit much, but in that video, like, he's wearing a shirt, but my god, you can see his nipples through it. What's wrong with Ben Shapiro's nipples? I've, um, said this before, um, many, many, many times. Um, I hate the whole, oh, this homophobic right-wing political pundit or when you know when people make out right-wing political pundits to be gay when people are like oh lol they're gay i hate that like when people are like mike pence is probably gay and all that i'm like can we stop like pretending that every evil person is just like that because they're a closeted gay person like stop i hate that but but I do believe it about Ben Shapiro wholeheartedly with every fibre of my being. <laughs> that man is so fruity. He's so, like, so limp-wristed. He's so, he's got to be, he's got to have a bit of, got to have a bit of zest to him. Like, the man may be scared to try it, but he does love dick. You know what I mean? I just... When he stood there clutching in his pathetic little hands, his weedy little hands, this plank of wood, like, I just bought this plank of wood from Home Depot. It's like, you don't know what the fuck to do with that, you pathetic little homosexual. <laughs> I'm really going in on him, but like, oh, I just, that video, it's so funny. Anyway, back to the staircase. Um, oh, where was I? Um, the identity of the wood is curious. By curious. Hey oh No, I can't make another identity joke. The identity of the wood is curious, but the immediate environment of Santa Fe is a semi-arid scrubland, almost devoid of usable native timber. 
to obtain local spruce, one would have to travel many miles into the mountains to the east, and up above 900 feet. And there were no roads in those days. In the 1870s and 1880s, Santa Fe was a booming town, with a fair amount of construction happening everywhere. The railroad had just been completed uh, a few miles south of town, and people were pouring in not only from the east coast but from Europe as well, often importing exotic goods as they came. That a shipment of European wood might have been lying around in Santa Fe in those days is not as improbable as it might seem, and even the leftovers from some larger project might have sufficed to build a staircase. But, after dismissing these matters, we are still left with the question of the builder's identity. The Suspects dun, 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 dun. So now we're going to look at who could have built a staircase, um, which... It's really the only mystery left, because it's like... I'm sorry, I don't think it was a miracle. I say that, I don't know. Because, you know, like, why would someone... How would they know? How would someone know to build the staircase? Ugh. Anyway. Local historian Mary Straw Cook. Does that mean she cooks straw? Local historian Mary Straw Cook was one of the first to point the finger at Francois-Jean That's right. That's the name. No. Francois-Jean Rochas. Rochas. R-O-C-H-A-S. Rochas. That's what I'm going to say. Francois Jean Rochus, 1843 to 1894. A native of Vith in Isère, I can't, I'm butchering these names so much. Uh, that's uh, a French region. Rochus came to Santa Fe area sometime around 1880 and was known as an accomplished carpenter and jack of all the trades, as well as somewhat of an eccentric recluse. He was reputed to belong to a French brotherhood of craftsmen known as the Compagnon du Devoir. I'm not French. I can't speak French, so I'll let the funky music do the talking. I ain't got no funky music, so I girls allowed. Um, well, no. Uh, our ending theme's a bit funky, innit? Uh, but, yeah. It, he was reputed to belong to a French brotherhood of craftsmen known as the Compagnon du Devoir, a group known to revere traditional craftsmanship methods. It was known that he worked at the chapel at some date as Cook encountered a bill from Rochester, the sisters, dated 1881, for wood. Cook surmises that this was for the staircase. Some others, however, have claimed that Rochas was actually hired to construct a staircase in a different building, and he was not the builder of the chapel staircase. But there is another suspect in any case. Around 1970, Oscar Hadwiger of Pueblo, Colorado, visited the area and said that his grandfather, the Austrian-born 
Johann Hadwiger. I've, I like that earlier I said Hadwiger, and now I know he's Austrian. I've changed it to Hadwiger, but let's go, girlies. The Austrian-born Johann Hadwiger had claimed to him that he had built the staircase in 1878. As evidence, the younger Hadwiger produced a drawing of his grandfather's showing a sketch of the staircase of similar design. It was also said that Johann Hadwiger left a number of carpentry tools behind on his death, and that he had travelled widely in the southwest in the 1870s and 1880s, but much less is known about him than Rochess. What to make of this? Was the builder Rochess, Hadwiger, or yet someone else? Love the, love the superfluous yet in that sentence. We, you didn't need to say, or oh, yet someone else, but it oh, spices the sentence up, spice up your life. Thank you, Reddit user uh, Zvenigora. Oh, that's that's fun. Oh yeah, this is on Reddit, uh, Unresolved Mysteries, Reddit user Zvenigora. Let's go. What to make of this? Was it had Hadwiger or Rochas, or was it someone else? The only explicit came comes from the Hadwiger family. The case of Rochester has better documentation, but Rochester himself never claimed to have built the staircase in question, as far as anyone knows, though he apparently had the qualifications to be the builder. It should be pointed out that if Rochester was the builder, the wandering stranger who could not be found afterwards part of the story would need to be a pure fabrication. Rochester may have been an obdol, but he lived the last 15 years of his life in Santa Fe, and was clearly well known to the nuns, as well as several others. Tracking him down would not have been difficult. If the builder was a wandering stranger, Hadwiger seems a much better fit. True believers, however, still insist that it was Saint Joseph himself. I'll be honest, I don't know who Saint Joseph is. Is that like... Um... Oh yeah, yeah, Joseph as in Joseph and Mary. Right, alright. I weren't sure. Because everyone in the Bible is called fucking Joseph. Everyone's called Joseph. Do you know what I mean? You probably know a Joseph. I know a Joe. I think it's short for Joseph, but I normally call him Jolene. Because I'm that kind of cunt. Anyway, that was the interesting case of the Loretto Staircase. That wasn't really um, true crime or paranormal, but it was an unsolved mystery. And... I'll be honest, you know what? I've been purposely looking for ones where no one dies. Like, I want real-world mysteries like this, where it's something almost definitely explainable, like, not paranormal, but also, like, no one dies or gets, like, abducted or goes missing, because, you know what? They can be a bit depressing sometimes. Charlie will be like, let me tell you about this cryptid, and I'll make a joke about its cock, and then afterwards it's like, let's talk about death of a real person bit grim isn't it bit grim anyway thank you all so much for listening to quiz Wars. uh i love that little bit of twang to it quiz Wars. but yes thank you so much for listening to quiz trees um i'll tell you what between you and me if you liked it I'm going to give you a bit of advice. You 
you should speak to your friends. If you have friends and you think they'd like this, you should ping them a message and say, oh my God, I love this podcast. Or, well, let's be realistic. Oh my God, I don't mind this podcast. <laughs> I don't know that anyone particularly loves it. But be like, just just if you have friends that you think would like it, just be like, oh my God, you should check out this podcast. I think you'd maybe enjoy it. Give, give them a listen. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, you're not my friend anymore. Make sure you put that at the end of your message. Make sure you say that. And uh, if you don't say that, I will find out. I will know. And I will come for you. Um, many, many thanks to our uh, lovely friend Emily Glass for composing our theme music. Oh, I love it. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter to get updates, like find out why again the episode is like you know what i know this episode was late but also like this we're putting out an episode we're gonna play fast and loose with the schedule sometimes allow it let it happen but yeah uh thank uh if you want to follow us on twitter find out the latest updates etc etc we are at queer stories uh shocker i know um you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Slimelia, and Charlie is Silverton Art ST1. Uh, and with that, I think I bid you adieu. Thank you ever so much for listening to this mini side. Uh, I hope Charlie should be back uh, from washing his cat or whatever the fuck it was that I said he was doing. I don't remember. I don't. I was saying to someone the other day um, that. I don't remember a single word I said on this podcast after I say it. Sometimes people will reference it to me and I'm like, what the hell are you saying to me? And they're like quoting something back at me that I've said. And I'm like, I never said that. I did. There's audio evidence. But anyway, uh, I'm rambling now. So let's wrap up. Bye-bye now. See you next week. Questries, 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 questries. Yes, sure. Why not? That's the energy I'm starting the episode with. Oh, give a shit. Yeah, let's go. Let's bring it. Hi, queer heads. Nope. Nope. I was, I was thinking of like a fun nickname to call listeners of questries. I can't call you queer heads. That's not. Nope. But hi, welcome to the podcast. It's just me. It's just me. It's a uh, mini sode. Charlie isn't here. He is uh, washing his cat. Uh, that's not true. Well, that might be true. I don't actually know um, what he's doing. He could be washing a cat. Um, it's not a place to judge. Um takes all colours to make a rainbow. Is that a saying? I don't know. It's quite a gay saying. I might have just made it up. Um, question. Who built the Loretto staircase? Huh? That's the case today. I'm not just... 
I'm not just going in on you. That is the case. Uh, we're going to be learning about the Loretto Staircase together, because I've not read this beforehand. Um, because I can't read. So this will go well. This is a Reddit post that I'm reading, because... I no longer put in the effort in fucking main episodes. I'm not going to like do loads of research for a fucking mini-sode, babes. That I'm getting out late. Just be thankful for an episode. God, I'm so lovely and polite to the listeners. Hope you're all having fun. Here's some background. In downtown Santa Fe, New Mexico, not far from the centre, stands a little chapel known now as the Loreto Chapel. It is a charming example of French neo-Gothic architecture and was built in the late 1870s to the design of Antoine Mouly. M- M- oh. Antoine Mouly. I've not said that right. I know I've not said that right. For the Sisters of Loreto, an order of nuns who operated the chapel for the next 90 years. The structure was later sold deconsecrated and now operates largely as a museum and tourist attraction. And as it has been most famous for the so-called miraculous staircase to the choir loft. Really struggling with reading today. Who watched Drag Race? UK, season three. Crystal one. Spoiler alert. I can't say spoiler alert after the spoiler. Although, it has been... um, One, two, three... Four days... uh, Since that episode aired. So, like... If you've you've managed to make it till now without spoilers, well done, honestly. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Just we're just having a ca- you and me, me the listeners. We never just talk. We never just catch up. I mean, we can't because this is a one-way medium. But I mean, I'm more than happy for you to form a parasocial relationship with me if it means that you'll share the podcast more with your friends. <laughs> the legend. That's the subheading of this post. The legend, as the story is now most frequently told. The original construction crew failed to build proper access to the choir loft. The chapel is relatively small, so when an ordinary staircase was proposed as a solution, the nuns objected that it would take up too much space and would spoil the appearance of the interior. But then, what to do? Nuns being nuns, they resorted to a bit of prayer, offering a novena to St. Jovis. St. Jovis? St. Joseph. And St. Jovis that I've just made up. I love that. Offering a novena to St. Joseph for the next nine days that some solution might present itself. On the ninth day, according to the story, a bearded stranger arrived on donkey back, carrying a few tools and offered to construct a staircase, requesting only that he be provided with a few tubs of water for soaking wood and that he was not observed while working. The story is unclear how long the work actually took, but after the fact, it is undeniable that the stranger had built a freestanding helix ascending from the ground to the choir loft, using far less floor space than an ordinary straight staircase. 
Furthermore, the mysterious carpenter then absconded without even asking to be paid and was never identified. The staircase was built without nails, only wooden peg fasteners, a fact claimed to be noteworthy. It was said that architects and engineers were baffled by the design and could not understand how it remained standing. Obviously a miracle, eh? It was even hinted that the mysterious visitor was none other than Saint Joseph himself. I wouldn't go that far. The Staircase The object in question is a freestanding, two-turn, open helix of 33 steps, ascending about 20 feet. It is constructed of wood? No, it's not. It's constructed of wood. Because... I don't think wit is a word. I think I've made that up. But it's constructed of wood, which analysis has confirmed to be spruce. But not any species local to the Santa Fe area. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Although the bloke arrived on a on donkey backs, he may have brought it from elsewhere, but then how would he have known? Originally, it had no handrail, as seen in this reconstruction, which I can't show you because this is an audio medium. And also, I've just clicked on it to have a look at it just for myself, right? And it's opened Flickr. And first, I have to fucking agree to the cookies. And now I'm here and it says adult content. You must be signed in to see this content. And I don't believe it is adult content because it's a picture of a staircase. Unless the staircase has titties. Which, like... I'd love if it did, but I don't think it does. I'm gonna sign in now. You're watching you're experiencing this as it happens, because I can bet any money I won't be editing this audio. Oh, I don't think I have a Flickr account, so this is gonna go well. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't Do you know what? I'm not gonna witness it then, because I refuse to sign up Flickr. Originally, it had no handrail, as seen in this reconstruction. The appearance was quite striking. Later, as a practical matter, a handrail was added by later workers, resulting in the staircase's present appearance. The railing may have been necessary, but it did rather spoil the visual effect. Uh, oh, this... Uh, I can view its present appearance without needing a fucking Flecker account to view the sultry, sexy... Little, uh, little t- t- titillating staircase. Oh, God! Oh, it's it's quite it's very nice. It's a nice staircase. I know that sounds ridiculous because it's just a staircase. But it's a lovely. The wood is lovely, varnished. Lovely, 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 lovely. I'm not a carpenter. And you can see that the railings sort of clearly were sort of added on. And that that would have been quite impressive freestanding, but obviously I can also see that people would fall. And no one needs a nun falling and dying, do they? Nobody nobody needs that. But you know what people do need? The known facts, which is our next subheading. A lot of claims about the staircase's construction and engineering in the above story do not withstand scrutiny. First, 
Although open helical staircases without external support are uncommon, they are not impossible, nor even non-existent elsewhere. A prominent example includes the Garvan Institute staircase in Australia, for instance, and the physics of such staircases has been explicitly analysed. Uh, yeah. That's another example there. Now I look at it, and it's just like a freestanding spiral staircase. I feel like that's something I've probably seen. I don't actually know. That's such a random thing to just throw out there. Like, I reckon I've seen one of those. Like, couldn't tell you where. Couldn't tell you where. The lack of nails and the peg and hole carpentry technique can be explained by, perhaps, a shortage of nails in the area at the time. Love that. There's no nails. Uh, because nails, there were no nails. There just weren't nails. Uh, or, perhaps... There was a desire to avoid long-term problems caused by metal uh, undergoing chemical reactions in contact with the wood. A known problem in some cases. I can see that. Also, nails can rust and stuff in a way like... And it's just nicer. If you're building yourself a open uh, spiral staircase without supports, you clearly have some admiration of your craft and I would say that a carpenter of that caliber probably enjoys doing like a using like wooden pegs I don't quite know what it means by wooden peg and hole carpentry what is that is that like dovetail joints because I think all carpenters love a dovetail joint oh no no like wooden pegs that slot together not a dovetail joint, I'm chatting shit. Almost like slots together like a jigsaw puzzle. See, that seems unstable to me. Although, no. It does seem that it's used in like tables and things quite effectively, so. Alright, I'll let you off. But yeah. Peg and hole carpentry technique can be explained by a shortage of nails or because of reactions of the, uh, metal to the wood, which apparently can happen. The identity of the wood is curious. I love that. Identity of the wood. Oh, that makes it sound like the wood is transgender. Can you imagine? Oh, I've got a bit of transgender elm in my garden. Like, hello. Oh, love that. Just making a transgender dress there out of my, uh, out of this lovely birch. This lovely bit of poplar. Have you seen, who's seen that video of, um, Ben Shapiro? Like, he was like, I'm going to go support Home Depot because I don't know why. I think, like, the owners or something did something vaguely right-wing, or the right-wing also like, we need to suck off Home Depot now. So Ben Shapiro filmed like a video of himself in like the car park of uh, Home Depot, clutching a single plank, a single plank of balsa wood. Um, no, sorry, not balsa, poplar. Um, and he, <laughs> he got it in like a pathetic little plastic carrier bag. And it's like, it doesn't fit in the carrier bag, and he's holding it like it's 
carrier bags awkwardly flapping around it and he's standing so fruity like clutching this bit of wood going like i got this magnificent piece of pop love from home depot it's so funny it's so funny that that man has never done any kind of physical labor like a single day in his life he he doesn't know what to do with that bit of wood he's gonna go home and chuck it in the bin and then he's gonna be like ow i got a splinter also his you can like this is a bit much but in that video like he's wearing a shirt but my god you can see his nipples through it what's wrong with ben shapiro's nipples i've um said this before um many 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 times um i hate the whole oh this homophobic right-wing political pundit or when you know when people make out right-wing political pundits to be gay when people are like oh lol they're gay i hate that like when people are like mike pence is probably gay and all that i'm like can we stop like pretending that every evil person is just like that because they're a closeted gay person like stop i hate that but but I do believe it about Ben Shapiro wholeheartedly with every fibre of my being. <laughs> that man is so fruity. He's so like, so limp-wristed. He's so, he's got to be, he's got to have a bit of, got to have a bit of zest to him. Like, the man may be scared to try it, but he does love dick. You know what I mean? I just... When he stood there clutching in his pathetic little hands, his weedy little hands, this plank of wood, like, I just bought this plank of wood from Home Depot. It's like, you don't know what the fuck to do with that, you pathetic little homosexual. <laughs> I'm really going in on him, but like, oh, I just, that video, it's so funny. Anyway, back to the staircase. Um, oh, where was I? Um, the identity of the wood is curious. By curious. Hey oh No, I can't make another identity joke. The identity of the wood is curious, but the immediate environment of Santa Fe is a semi-arid scrubland, almost devoid of usable native timber. To obtain local spruce, one would have to travel many miles into the mountains to the east, and up above nine hundred feet. And there were no roads in those days. In the 1870s and 1880s, Santa Fe was a booming town, with a fair amount of construction happening everywhere. The railroad had just been completed uh, a few miles south of town, and people were pouring in not only from the east coast but from Europe as well, often importing exotic goods as they came. That a shipment of European wood might have been lying around in Santa Fe in those days is not as improbable as it might seem, and even the leftovers from some larger project might have sufficed to build a staircase. But, after dismissing these matters, we are still left with the question of the builder's identity. The suspects. Dun, 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 dun. So now we're going to look at who could have built a staircase. Um, which is... It's really the only mystery left, because it's like, I'm sorry, I don't think it was a miracle. I say that, I don't know. 
Because, you know, like, why would someone... How would they know? How would someone know to build the staircase? Ugh. Anyway. Local historian Mary Straw Cook. Does that mean she cooks straw? Local historian Mary Straw Cook was one of the first to point the finger at Francois Jean That's right. That's the name. No. Francois Jean Rochas. Rochas. R O C H A S. Rochas. That's what I'm going to say. Francois Jean Rochas, 1843 to 1894. A native of Vith in Isère. I can't, I'm butchering these names so much. Uh, that's uh, a French region. Rochas came to Santa Fe area sometime around 1880 and was known as an accomplished carpenter and jack-of-all-trades, as well as somewhat of an eccentric recluse. He was reputed to belong to a French brotherhood of craftsmen known as the Compagnon de Foire. I'm not French. I can't speak French, so I'll let the funky music do the talking. I ain't got no funky music, so it's girls allowed. Um, well, no. Uh, our ending theme's a bit funky, isn't it? Uh, but, yeah. It, he was reputed to belong to a French brotherhood of craftsmen known as the Compagnon du Devoir, a group known to revere traditional craftsmanship methods. It was known that he worked at the chapel at some date as Cook encountered a bill from Rochester, the sisters, dated 1881, for wood. Cook surmises that this was for the staircase. Some others, however, have claimed that Rochester was actually hired to construct a staircase in a different building, and he was not the builder of the chapel staircase. But there is another suspect in any case. Around 1970, Oscar Hadwiger of Pueblo, Colorado, visited the area and said that his grandfather, the Austrian-born Johann Hadwiger, I've, I like that earlier I said Hadwiger, and now I know he's Austrian, I've changed it to Hadwiger, but let's go, girlies. The Austrian-born Johann Hadwiger had claimed to him that he had built the staircase in 1878. As evidence the younger Hadwiger produced a drawing of his grandfather's showing a sketch of the staircase of similar design. It was also said that Johann Hadwiger left a number of carpentry tools behind on his death and that he had travelled widely in the southwest in the 1870s and 1880s, but much less is known about him than Rochess. What to make of this? Was the builder Rochess, Hadwiger, or yet someone else? Love the, love the superb Fuss yet in that sentence. We, you didn't need to say, oh, yet someone else, but it, oh, spices the sentence up, spice up your life. Thank you, Reddit user, uh, Zvenigora. Oh, that's, that's fun. Oh, yeah, this is on Reddit, uh, Unresolved Mysteries. 
Reddit user Zvenigora. Let's go. What to make of this? Was it had Hadwiger or Rochas, or was it someone else? The only explicit claim comes from the Hadwiger family. The case for Rochas has better documentation, but Rochas himself never claimed to have built the staircase in question, as far as anyone knows, though he apparently had the qualifications to be the builder. It should be pointed out that if Rochas was the builder, the wandering stranger who could not be found afterwards part of the story would need to be a pure fabrication. Rochas may have been an Ogdor, but he lived the last 15 years of his life in Santa Fe, and was clearly well known to the nuns, as well as several others. Tracking him down would not have been difficult. If the builder was the wandering stranger, Hadwiger seems a much better fit. True believers, however, still insist that it was Saint Joseph himself. I'll be honest, I don't know who Saint Joseph is. Is that like... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah, Joseph as in Joseph and Mary. Right, alright. I weren't sure. Because everyone in the Bible is called fucking Joseph. Everyone's called Joseph, do you know what I mean? You probably know a Joseph. I know a Joe. I think it's short for Joseph, but I normally call him Jolene. Because I'm that kind of cunt. Anyway. That was the interesting case of the Loretto Staircase that wasn't really um, true crime or paranormal, but it was an unsolved mystery. And I'll be honest, you know what? I've been purposely looking for ones where no one dies. Like, I want real world mysteries like this where it's something almost definitely explainable, like not paranormal, but also like no one dies or gets like abducted or goes missing because do you know what they can be a bit depressing sometimes charlie will be like let me tell you about this cryptid and i'll make a joke about its cock and then afterwards it's like let's talk about death of a real person bit grim isn't it bit grim anyway thank you all so much for listening to quiz Schwartz. uh i love that little bit of twang to it quiz Schwartz. <laughs> But yes, thank you so much for listening to Queer Stories. Um, I tell you what, between you and me, if you liked it, I'm going to give you a bit of advice. You, you should speak to your friends. If you have friends and you think they'd like this, you should ping them a message and say, Oh my God, I love this podcast. Or, well, let's be realistic. Oh my God, I don't mind this podcast. <laughs> I don't know that anyone particularly loves it, but be like just just if you have friends that you think would like it just be like oh my god you should check out this podcast i think you'd maybe enjoy it give, give them a listen and uh if you don't like it uh you're not my friend anymore make sure you put that at the end of your message make sure you say that and uh if you don't say that i will find out i will know and i will come for you um many many thanks to our uh Lovely friend Emily Glass for composing our theme music. Oh, I love it. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter to get updates, like find out why, again, the episode is late. Do you know what? I know this episode was late, but also like this was putting out an episode. We're going to play fast and loose with the schedule sometimes. Allow it. Let it happen. But yeah, uh, Thank, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, find out the latest updates, etc, etc. We are at 
queer stories. Uh, shocker, I know. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Slimelia. And Charlie is SilvertonArtST1. Uh, and with that, I think I bid you adieu. Thank you ever so much for listening to this mini-side. Uh, I hope Charlie should be back uh, from washing his cat. Or whatever the fuck it was that I said he was doing. I don't remember. I don't... I was saying to someone the other day um, that I don't remember a single word I say on this podcast after I say it. Sometimes people will reference it to me and I'm like, what the hell are you saying to me? And they're like quoting something back at me that I've said. And I'm like, I never said that. I did. There's audio evidence. But anyway, uh, I'm rambling now. So let's wrap up. Bye-bye now. See you next week.